feel like I do that a lot where I hit enter the meeting and then I get up and I walk away. <laughs> so when it opens up, it's just my chair. Yeah. And you're like, oh, right. okay. I'm used to that. I, uh, I assume she'll be back. Figure you'll cool. you'll be here when you when you when you be here. And there she goes again. There she goes. There she I just goes knew that I was going to be so irritated later when I had to figure out how to take the sound of my dog licking her paws out of the recording. I I have the uh, the mild misophonia, mm-hmm. which is why I it's always apologize thing. for chewing. <laughs> Chewing, it's funny because that's like the big thing with misophonia mm-hmm. is a lot for a lot mm-hmm. of people is the chewing. Um, but for me, it's like usually it's I feel like it's a frequency mm. thing because things at a certain frequency drive me crazy. My blinker doesn't bug me. The blinker in the Smithy's truck, I hate it. I use it like it'll click twice and then I turn it off. Yeah. You're like, I will so do this just, just because I want to be a safe and legal and, driver. And then I'm out. Exactly. If there's nobody around, I don't use that crap. But chewing doesn't bug me unless it was like explicit and like going on for way too long. Chewing bothers me, which I feel bad because I'm sure I'm not the tidiest chewer. I've been told that I slaughter my food. It never saw it coming. Welcome to the Act Break Podcast, where we're talking about all things story. From books to movies, shows, and probably other stuff too, we're chatting it out and trying to remember what it's like to actually have conversations with other human beings. Take a break from your creative endeavors and hang out with us. Have a little simulated human interaction, because internet friends totally count. Oh man, Uh, we're a little rusty. We'll shake the dust off today. That's all right. Yep. We'll get we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. How is your meat suit? My meat suit feels moderately functional. I feel like post-caffeine and a bit of painkiller will be good to go. Yeah. I uh, made a new, our usual pot of coffee, and the smithy had somewhere to be, so he left, and I was like, oh, I get more coffee. I get his share of coffee today, which is probably... <laughs> Probably a good thing because it's um, one of those days where I decided I was going to wait till the day I had to do everything instead of spacing it out throughout the week. That's today. That's... And tomorrow, it all has to be done. So Relatable. Yeah. You know. I mean, not right now. You... I don't have to do anything right now. The mechanic's doing everything. Exactly. You're all, yeah, I'm sorry. I just can't help you. Oops. I tried to make us tea this morning, and he was like, oh, I was going to make coffee today. And I had already started, like, steeping the tea. And I was like, well, I guess I'll have tea, and then I'll have coffee with you when you get back. <laughs> That's fine. Some days you got to have both. Um, one of our favorite sayings is... Uh, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow? It's one of my favorites. It's like my motto. Sadly for me, today is my tomorrow. It's it's finally come due. The pipers come calling. Yeah. But we are here and we are doing the yes, thing. Yes, we are. I'm excited about Ugh. today's topic. I'm excited about today's too. As per usual, I feel underprepared for what is for for the whole subject. That being said, 
I guess we'll get started. Sure. <laughs> Just launch right in. Man, I don't know if we'll ever have a podcast where I don't immediately preface it with, with, we don't know what we're talking about or we're underprepared. It's our, it's. I threw this together in an it's hour. Our, it's our tagline discri- disclaimer. Yeah. Tagline disclaimer. Wow. I don't know how, why that was so hard to say. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because we're rusty. Yeah. Oh, because we were so good at this before. Well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Obvious. If you're just joining Obviously. us, you know how, well, like the high functioning um, <laughs> professionalism that we bring every week, you have to lower that bar just a little bit today. Yeah. People who click the podcast probably already know, but I'm going to say what our subject is today, and that is source material versus its film adaptation. And uh, because that is such a normal thing, there are so many, it feels often like all movies are either a remake or they come from a book or there's very few, it feels like, original screenplays I wish there were more yeah I agree um but because there's so many we're like we didn't want to just talk about a bunch so instead I picked three and we're going to do like a little mini case study of each which is I feel a very generous term for what's about to happen (laughs) a case study also known as Carly and Jamie just talking about them yeah, I'm like, oh, it's like a little case study. I'm like, well, it's like a minute, a miniature case yeah. study. And I'm like, I don't even really technically know the definition of case study off the top of my head. So it's fine. We just picked three. That's why we're, that's why, listen, if there's anybody here, they already know this about us. They're here for it. Or they're here to mock us. Uh, either way. As long as they're having a good right? time. Um, so I picked one that was true to the source material and a good ap- adaptation. That's a word I'm going to say a lot. If you want to play a drinking game, just take a shot every time I say adaptation. Today. Don't. You'll be in the hospital. <laughs> if it's coffee, do that, and then you'll be able to get all of your chores done. Mm. Let me just slam my coffee mug into my mic. You might buzz right out of your skin, but that's fine. So... I chose one true to the source material, good adaptation, one untrue to the source material or um, like different. Yeah, it it tweaks it. (laughs) One true-ish to the source material and a good adaptation and then one vastly different in a bad film adaptation. We have a variety to pull from. Yeah. So this is exciting. Um, I'm very excited about the ones that we're discussing today. Yeah. I I wish I – so our first one that we're going to talk about um, is Fight Club. Yeah. And I wish it hadn't been so long since I've read this and I had more time. But I do remember – because I've, I've read it. I've watched the movie. Um, and I picked this as the truest to the source material good adaptation. Yeah. I think when I think of any movie that's been made from a novel of what I've seen, this is the closest picture. It's like lines verbatim from the book. Yeah. I remember it's, reading the book and being like, I feel like I'm just watching the movie. Like I can see 
And I can hear the character saying these exact... I mean, because usually you can get like a good idea of a character in your mind and you could visualize them saying it. But I'm like, no, I'm literally hearing these words in my ear right yeah. now. Um, I know it's a pretty well known, but I'm going to give a couple of deets real quick. So uh, Fight Club is by Chuck Palahniuk. And the film adaptation was directed by David Fincher. And the screenplay was Jim Oles, who I and I looked up the screenwriter's IMDb and he hasn't done things for a while. But another one that was a movie I really liked that was adapted from a book, but I hadn't read the book on that one, was Jumper. Oh. And I always really liked that movie. I did too. I felt like it was underrated, didn't make enough money, we'll never get another one. Um, but back to Fight Club. And then, of course, the thing everybody knows, starring Brad Pitt and Edward Norton and Helena Bar- Bonham Carter. She is magical. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all do a great job in this movie. Yeah. I think the thing that there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a couple of things is that there are books and stories that are automatically going to be easier to translate into film and when you read the book you feel like the author wrote it with film in mind yeah so it it seems like it was an easier transition when we talk about all the books we're going to talk about today there are different levels of like difficulty I feel like this one was like primed to be made into a movie they all the themes of the book were transferred into the movie really well. And that's what I look for a lot of the times in an adaptation is if the the spirit of the book and the message of the book is captured and translated over. Yeah, I would agree with that. I um cuz I think, you know, it it doesn't mean that it it's not enjoyable if that doesn't happen, but unfortunately a lot of times it does mean that it's not enjoyable when that's not done um yeah there's been a lot of poor adaptations which i'm sure we could all complain about for a long time but this one yeah. is really really well done and like scene by scene yeah and it's also a really reasonable length book yeah to be transferred into a hour and a half to two hour movie. It's only 218 pages. Yeah, you wouldn't um, think they would have enough material to make it last that long in a movie, but it's so well done. Oh, I feel like this is like the perfect size. Oh, really? I feel like that's the problem you run into with so many novels being transferred to movies is they don't have enough time to pack as much in because there's mm. the, the novels are too long. Oh, okay. To be so you're saying so like because they skip over details that yeah make, that enrich they, the story. Yeah, because they can't put everything from the book into the movie. Otherwise, the movies would average at four hours. Yeah. No, you're right for sure. Whereas a book this size is like the perfect length to be converted over. Fair enough. So, well, like I said. It ends up that like some books are just going to be easier to transfer over. They're going to take less work. And of course, the movie, everybody knows the movie because all the performances are fantastic and it's cast really well. It's executed well. But I feel like it all stems from how well it's written. Yes. And how different the narrative style is. Yes. 
because well Chuck Palahniuk is a whole is a whole different thing. he's a whole thing <laughs> on his own <laughs> that was like a gimme one because nobody's arguing because that yeah nobody's arguing against it being a good adaptation everybody yeah. agrees with that it's just a matter of whether they like the movie or not and yeah, it's not for everybody another- I mean it's 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 intense, but it's yeah. you know, for those who like that sort of thing, it's amazing, which obviously we love. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of the ones where if somebody says they've seen the movie, I'm like, well, you've basically read the yeah. book. Which you told like, me if- when I borrowed it from you, and I was like, I don't care. I want to read it anyways. And then I picked it up, and I was like, oh, she meant literally <laughs> I yeah, read the n- book. I've never – there have been so many times I've either watched the movie and then decided to read the book – or vice versa, Mm -hmm. and they are different. But this one is very, very close. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can only wax poetic about Fight Club for so long. So we're going to move on. Okay. The next one we're going to do is actually not a novel, but a comic series, and that is The Umbrella Academy by Gerard Way and illustrated by Gabriel Bay. Yes. Or is it by, by, B-A, with it, with a, oh, I don't know, ba? I looked it up and then immediately forgot. Okay. So. Very talented illustrator. Is that what you call him, an illustrator? Yeah. I don't know why I second guessed that. exactly what he would be called. And then, um, I don't know, I hadn't written it down, but there's also a colorist. Mm. um, Because in comic books, everybody has their specialty. I found it interesting that the guy who came up with it is, is he the front man of My Chemical Romance or is he just one of the guys of My Chemical Romance? I do not know. Pretty sure he's the front man. Hmm. Anyways. So this, this is the example of taking source material and I feel like elevating it, not bagging on the comic. The comic is good. Yes. But while the source material was interesting basically like the world and the concept, the storyline was not very clear or prominent. Yeah. Because, and I feel like that's something that happens in comic books in general, because when you're reading a comic book, it's kind of about being in this world. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of dropped into something that already existed and they have all of these previous encounters and all of that. I Yes. And that is very much apparent in these but I think kind of to its detriment. Yeah, because when you're like so dropped into the world uh, in a comic book, things don't always flow like they might in a book or a movie. And not all comics, because I've read other mm-hmm. ones that are very um, Li- plot-driven. Yes. I feel like, um, what's it called? Paper Girls mm. is is really good about keeping their plot front and center and um I haven't finished the entire series because that's the thing about comics is there's a lot yeah yeah (laughs) but um yeah beautiful artwork really cool world and then it was adapted for television the Netflix series obviously if you don't want to be spoiled you can you can skip over this part but um by Steve Blackman and Jeremy Slaughter uh, Steve Blackman actually has like d- has been attached to a lot of things like he's got a lot of work and I 
looked it up and I was like, oh, I love that and that and that. And I will remember it and not write it down. I'll look it up. And now here we are. I've hit that age where if I don't write it down, I'm not going to remember. Fargo, Legion. Mm. That's the one. Is uh, Bones. Le- Legion, especially. I mean, I watch a lot of the things that his name's attached to, but Legion is like one of my favorite weird, dark things that that I, I need to rewatch. I need to actually watch it. It's still on my list of things also that you've based told off comics. me to watch. I, that, it's harder to and farther down on the list because it might give you nightmares. That's fine. I'm willing to accept it for a good show. <laughs> You're like, it's cool. Cost-benefit analysis. Yes, exactly. I weigh it against usually your opinion of it. If you really, really love it, then it's worth it to me because... Mm-hmm. Plus, it's got um, Dan Stevens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's there's your benefit analysis (laughs) right there. Sold. Um, Oh, and Aubrey Plaza is in it. Jeez, we're we're that's this is a tangent when we said we were going to stick with what we were talking about. I never said I was going to stick with what I was talking about. That's you're you're making that now. I'm projecting that onto you. I'm sorry. I do love Aubrey Plaza though. Okay. So the, the Umbrella Academy, they really took all of the best things about the comics and mined them out of the world yes. as far as like the world building, uh, the character goodness, and then they took it and they reorganized it and gave it structure yes because there are definite like specific events in the comic series that translate over to the show but they structure it in the show in such a way where it makes a bit more sense because in the comic it's very um feels very random and you're like okay why are we here who are these people I mean, you're along for the ride because you're interested in the characters, but at the same time, you're like, I don't know why we're here. Yeah. It's kind of like we always talk about the structure of a story being like bones and then you build off of the bones of that story. And I felt like the comic was a whole bunch of like parts and ingredients. Mm -hmm. And then they took the parts and ingredients and made it into a meal that like was presentable to, so like to people bones and meat and stuff made that into a meal because yeah. I always think of like story structure and like the bones of a person you're building a person and so as soon as you said oh. a meal I was like oh we're going cannibal okay oh cool. I mean technically you could you could be an animal but I I switched over from bones of a person to ingredients of a meal because I didn't want to say they gave you body parts, <laughs> like a mess of body parts. Because <laughs> all I could think of was like a severed arm. I was thinking, I was like thinking in the terms of like Frankenstein and I was really there for it. And then you switched okay. on me and I mean, don't I get me wrong. I was going to freak people I out. I do mix metaphors all the time. So no judgment, but I found it funny. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, But the concept stands whether you would like it to be cannibalism or if you want to just use mixed metaphors. That's 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 up to you. 
Uh, Don't make me police. snort my tea I'm not here in to my notes. Anyone. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Usually, if I like love a source material, I'm like just stay as close and as true to it as possible. And in this case, then I was like, well, here let's look at some of the things that they changed and why I feel like they were good to change. Okay. The first one is an obvious one and a gimme is that in the comic books. Spoilers. Five. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Earmuffs, everybody. <laughs> uh, in the comic books, five doesn't age. And kind of what happened to five is changed because like, what is it? They like, ex- they did so much to his body and experimented on him that he doesn't age anymore. And that just doesn't work when you have an actor who is going to age. He's a human being. <laughs> yeah. So I like that they changed it to like, uh, like ah, uh, he's back. Now he is, he's going to age again. Yeah. So that was like a very convenient solve. And I felt like it worked because then they kind of got to cut out like the tortured of it all. Mm-hmm. And instead, he's just mentally tortured. <laughs> Which works so well. And... Who is that actor? Because oh, he is. So I have fantastic. never. I mean, there have been a lot of really phenomenal child actors in their day, but I would say this kid takes the cake. He is amazing. I have never looked at a however year old he is. He's supposed to be like ten in the comics, but he's clearly a little bit older than that in the in the show. But I have never looked at a kid and been like. Um, that's a 60-year-old man in a kid's body. <laughs> like, I don't understand, but it's You're like amazing. Exactly. Yeah, it's Aiden Gallagher. That kid is fantastic. I see a kid who has that much talent that young, and I hate him. No, I'm saying I think he'll do great things. He, oh, and I hope calling it now, keeps, he, his career yeah. is going to be amazing. Sorry, go I was just going to say the casting in the show overall is just absolute, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, positively amazing. Gee golly, gosh darn <laughs> gee willikers. Yeah. Um, everybody in the show is just phenomenal. I yeah. I don't think I could pick a favorite because ev- each one in their own right does their role so well it they are their character it's amazing yeah they that's what I was gonna say about the characters is that it's kind of one it's one where if you watch it again or like because I watch a lot of shows over again is depending on like your mood a certain character is hitting just right you watch it once and you're like five is my favorite and then you watch it again you're like klaus is my favorite and then you watch it again and diego's my favorite (laughs) yeah other things that they've changed for the better i feel is vanya's character and personality yes because in the book she was much more feisty she was much more f you guys family drama and we just already had too many characters like that yeah i felt that um when they made her in the show much more timid, um, much more reserved and like damaged from what had happened yes. to her. And I love Elliot Page. Elliot Page he's, is he's so such good. a phenomenal actor. I I don't think I have ever seen him in anything I don't like. Oh yeah, every everything, everything. So 
the nuance. I feel very yeah. pretentious saying nuance, but whatever. <laughs> you and your ten dollar word. Facial expressions, and you can feel his emotion in yeah. every scene, and, and it's yeah, and like in Vanya's character, she's like going through so much pain, and she brings that to like Vanya's face. Yeah, and so it's oh. So I feel like Vanya is a better character in the show with more depth. And then obviously her whole character plays a much bigger role in season one. Yes. I agree. Um, And then they also changed a lot of the relationship dynamics from the comic to the show. Yeah. Whereas in the comic, it kind of alludes to Vanya and Diego being involved at some point. Yeah. And they drop that completely, which makes perfect sense because once they changed Vanya's character, that pairing didn't make sense at all. Yes. And then I think I like how they played with Allison and Vanya, the the sister relationship. I enjoyed Mm. that a lot. Yes, I like that a lot too because it, it felt much more in the show like these were people who grew up together. Yes. And I liked that because of the way that they changed the characters, because some of them are more true to form in the comic, or they they retained that in the show, like yes. um, like Klaus, for example, is yeah. much more similar than some of the other ones. But I do like, there's one line where he tells Vanya at the end that she's like worthless or whatever, and I like that in the in the show, they all are damaged and have a complicated relationship, but ultimately they really do love each other and they they don't say things like that to each other. I mean, it's complicated, but yeah. um, I don't know if that's making sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. I don't know exactly when the comic books came out, but in the show, our characters are much more, um, what's the term, emotionally aware like uh, they all kind of know that their upbringing and their father figure messed them up. Yeah. So they're more compassionate towards each other. Yes. In the show, yeah. Like they're still pissy at each other. Yes. Sometimes. Because they're still they're they like they grew up together. Um. Um. The first edition was two thousand eight. It said. Yeah. Then. So it's it's kind of it's, it doesn't feel like that long ago to me, but that was quite a long time mm-hmm. ago in the landscape of mental health. Yes. Yes, I Even agree. Even though we still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so it's like all of the characters are very, it seems like, I mean, some more than others. Yeah. But that, that their father has messed them up. Yeah. And that they are a little more compassionate towards each other for that. Yeah. The other big thing that was changed quite a bit for the better is hazel and cha-cha oh yes like the <sighs> best addition to so like good. it just it uh i like that they kept all of like the like the time travely weirdness mm-hmm. but i'm glad that they adjusted some things <laughs> so that we could have the yeah. magic of hazel and cha-cha yeah, because the the comic is like they are truly psychopaths, unremorseful. 
in the way that you're like, they're kind of scary to have around. Whereas there's still psychopaths in the show, but we get that, spoiler alert, redemption arc. Yeah, and the human, you can see the human, the humanity behind them. Yeah. Even while we're still like, we don't want them to catch five, we still are like, they're people with their own complicated stuff. Yeah, very much so. Because even Cha-Cha, who like remains quote-unquote like bad guy throughout has her own reasons and motivations for everything she's and doing and it's complicated so it feels very real yes i think if anybody wants to pick up the comic books for that it's still worth reading and the art is beautiful oh, yeah uh i feel like we could do a whole deep dive into that now that we've both watched it but as far as a source material to film adaptation. It's one of my favorites just because it took everything I liked about the comic books and it elevated it. Yeah, magnified all the best bits and then made it, brought it all together into mm-hmm. a, a meat suit that we eat. Yes. <laughs> yummy, yummy no, meat no, pie. No, no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh. Uh, all righty, all righty, all right. Well, this is the part where I feel bad, and I'm going to use a lot of disclaimers <laughs> before I get into it. Yes. But I feel if I'm going to rip on something, yep. I have to do it on somebody so big it doesn't matter, like Steven Spielberg. <laughs> because it's not like it's going to deter anybody. He, can, he, he has I, so much I feel money. like he could really take it. And it's not going to put a big hit on his rising career. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (sighs) Because really when I, I mean, movies are a giant collaboration. It takes hundreds and hundreds of people, producers, writers, directors to like get what we get in the finished product. But I always hold the director the most responsible for what's happened because what they put the stamp of approval on it they because they have the creative license to say pause let's reconsider yeah like they still have people to answer to but does steven spielberg really have anybody to answer to is anybody telling spielberg no at this point so to me that means it's all his fault (laughs) so that's all to say that I blame Steven Spielberg for Ready Player One. (laughs) And then my disclaimer is this, is yes, I know it might have been a fine passable movie on its own. Lots of people who didn't read the book liked it. Lots of people who read the book preferred it. didn't like the book liked it. Yep. Um, And people who were easily separate the two because I tried to separate the two um, as like okay they're different mediums they have to be executed differently Mm -hmm. I get that because unlike Fight Club Ready Player One is not easily translated to a movie no that being said it could have been done it could have and it could have been done well it could have but I do not feel like it was because I'm one of those people who really loved the book so much so that I've read it multiple times. Yeah, same. And I know the book has, I know, 
I've, I've had extensive conversations with people about why the book isn't good to them. Yeah. Because the book is not set up or narratively told in a way that all, all so many stories are told. Yeah. It is a very singular, one-sided, seclusionary book about this kid who has a lot of problems. And I love it. <laughs> I can completely understand why a lot of people don't find it relatable. I, however, found it incredibly relatable. On its own separately, thinking about it as a movie, sure, it could be good. But as far as a book-to-movie adaptation, it was a wreck. Yeah. And here are a few reasons why I feel that that's what happened. First off the bat is most people who love the book love the 1980s references. And the movie was much more of a pop culture everything reference. Yes, there are 80s references in it, but they are not prominent. They're just thrown in with this whole other conglomeration of things. It really took Halliday's obsession, even though they say it narratively that like Halliday was obsessed with the 1980s, but then they do not show that that was really apparent. We're not going to talk about the shining part right now, but um, so then it becomes really, I don't know if homogenized is the right word, but they lose the magic of this like 1980s feel. Which is the entire point. Yeah, really. the entire point of the book, because that's what the author was in love with. And I'm not, I know that the author was heavily involved with like this adaptation. I'm not going to talk about Ernest Klein too much. It's I'm not going to go there. And <laughs> but I didn't grow up in the 80s, but I, as a kid, was kind of obsessed with the 80s because back in the day when MTV had a sh- little show called I Love the 80s where every episode was dedicated to one year of the 80s and dissecting it I took that as like a like a whole case study that I needed I remember my parents being like haven't you watched all of these already and I'm like yeah so what's your point, what's your point? <laughs> and I was already way deep into the um John Hughes of it all yeah so that was something that I kind of felt was stripped out of the movie. Yes, I completely agree. And I was born in the 80s. I mean, the tail end. But um, my mom was pretty young when she had us. And she was obsessed with the 80s, obviously, because that was like her formative years. And so we basically grew up with a lot of heavy 80s influence and so I'm obsessed and I always have been obsessed with 80s stuff so that was one of my favorite things about the book and so when I walked into the movie I expected that homage and didn't get it and that was really disappointing yeah it just felt I don't know what else can you say uh but we'll move on to the next point okay and that is that the the challenges and the search for the key and the egg became 
so oversimplified and easy. And then our protagonist didn't actually need any special knowledge or anything that anybody else couldn't have easily figured out yeah. as well. Right. Um, and this is, <laughs> then this goes deep into the, uh, I know the need for a more active, visual, dynamic set pieces than just like Wade reading or Wade studying or Wade sitting and playing a game or watching a movie. I get that we needed something more active. But to change it to a racing game made zero sense for the background of what Halliday was into. Yeah. Like, Halliday was a nerd who didn't fit in with the jocks or, like, cool kids. So it's like, why on earth would he have created a race This is my biggest problem with the movie. And here it is, and no offense to cool nerds out there, but this story, this book, was about not cool nerds. People who like World of Warcraft, both hands raised, and people who it was a it was reaching out to the kids who played those arcade games, and that was what they loved and they couldn't find a home with all of these other people because yes they didn't fit in and so the movie was all this cool stuff and I get it they're marketing to the majority of America but I feel like they did a really big disservice to this whole group of people who loved the book because we felt seen And then they brought out this movie that was the complete opposite. And it was all of these really cool thing, cool to the mass population. And air quotes, I'm using air quotes. I'm going to get so worked up. (laughs) Take a breath. I'll, I'll add to what you're saying. Because in the book, Wade is a poor kid from the stacks, which they kind of touch on, but really don't drive home the like the the class struggle of him and he he can't travel in this world like this crazy cool where this race takes place he would never have been able to make it to a world like that he could go to like one low-level planet and then his school and so in this book he's a school kid who finds the first uh key on ludus which is where they go to school which like drives home the like holiday wanted it to be Anybody can find this, any average kid. Like, you don't have to have anything special. You don't have to have any money. You just have to have a knowledge of the same thing that I also love. Yes. And they erased that. Yes. And they erased the, like, honestly, I get that the majority of people wouldn't want to see a quote unquote training montage of Wade reading and watching movies and playing video games. But let's be real, the rest of us would have killed for that. <laughs> Well, I was thinking about it because I I am so into film that I'm like, I get it. You can't have that. But what could we have done instead of this big, stupid race course? And then I was like, you know what you could have done is you could have almost done like a, a giant hedge maze, 
but instead of a hedge maze, it's got like um, challenges that are mixed with trivia and arcade games. And then it's like, it's only open for a few hours every day. And there's just like a ton of people just running through it at full speed all the time, trying to figure out their way through this maze. But you have to have this certain knowledge to get to different sections of the maze or something like that where it wasn't like just some like weird sports event why to me i'm like why couldn't we just have him going through the dungeon because he had to like it, i know it's a video game but like you could have had yeah. him like in this the 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 part with the shining where he's working his way through the movie like why yeah. can't we have him his avatar working through the dungeon and slaying monsters and picking up treasure and all of that stuff like that was the thing that i know i and a lot of other people that i've talked to that are big gamers wanted we wanted to see that and we didn't get yeah. that and i feel like they could have done that it would have had to i Feel like you would have had to add like that Artemis was maybe right behind yeah him, or even if we didn't which, know it was Artemis because you don't want to have him like by himself, by himself which I totally get the stakes are too low and so that's why I'm like I can see why they wanted to do something that was more high stakes yeah they definitely could have tweaked pushed. it I agree yeah but yeah yeah it's again it's that whole like by itself it's not necessarily a bad movie it's just that if you're looking at it as a strict adaptation or not even a strict adaptation, a loose adaptation, they just, they dropped the ball hard. Oh yeah. I've got all sorts of more points. Excellent. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I also didn't like how instead of these own personal Bibles that they have that are reference guides, instead they have this giant library that somebody else put together that go and you watch parts of his life. Even though Halliday was messed up in the head, that feels like a kind of over the top their characterization of Halliday didn't make a lot of sense to me in the movie and then the theme one of the main themes of the book is the need to stop isolating yourself and finding family uh, or a, a feeling of being connected to the world outside mm -hmm. and in the book Wade's isolation really plays a part into driving that home later yeah when everybody's like working on their own they kind of refuse to work together and when they eventually come together it feels much more earned yeah I agree um, so they kind of lose that like found family vibe yeah which I think throughout. was one of the favorite things about the book some of this I see why they cut I know why they cut out and then other parts I feel like if they had done something it would have added a richness to it because when you read this book it's not a YA book mm -mm. the character might be young but the themes are not and the the movie is a YA movie yeah. the movie feels like a YA movie and they cut out uh, some of the more gritty or yeah. um, mature mature things mm -hmm. and some of them aren't even mature but like the fact that wade was an overweight kid with acne like, um, why couldn't we like, have an overweight kid with acne yeah like Hello? They, instead we just like i i mean the kid good, did a good job. He was yeah. a good actor, but he just. Of course, they had to make them. Do we look have to pretty. get like a male model? Yeah, kid? yeah. Like, it just, yeah. Um, it, which plays into the whole thing that we we're saying, like the 
every man or like the the poor kid, the average teenager, the the geek who is truly a geek is kind of erased from that. And I'll touch again yes. on that same point of changing what the characters represent in a minute. Yes, thank you. I'm, so, I'm excited to talk about that because that's, that's another one of my biggest yeah. issues. So they cut out a lot of the physical aspects of Wade. They cut out this whole part where it's like, he becomes so entrenched in the oasis that like he shaves his head. He has no body hair. No like, eyebrows. He, be- he has no eyebrows. He becomes just like his whole body changes. And of course, that's hard to represent in a movie when you have a real live actor. But at who has the to same time, things. let's we've all but, seen movies where there have been some extreme changes. Exactly. They could but, do, especially with how much money they dumped. They into this dumped movie. so much movie into this, and they spent so much CGI on that stupid race scene that they could have. <laughs> they could have done the, that scene where you see Wade completely transformed because he is. He's so utterly consumed by this that he becomes not even really a person anymore. Yeah, and that's part of the whole, like, isolationist yes. factor. Obviously, we all knew they would cut out that part, but because he's so isolated, there's also, like, a whole side of the book that he's talking about, like, he's a boy, and he has, like... got needs. <laughs> which is, like, obviously, they're going to cut that part out. Right. But it's, they're all little things that play into the, the, the loneliness that he feels. Yeah. Which, and when you take away that loneliness... It also takes away from his relationship and his drive the, for Artemis to connect with somebody. And it takes away the payoff when they do connect at the end. Yeah. The whole second half of the movie is completely different than the book. Yeah. And to the point where I'm like, I couldn't even go all the way into this yeah. unless I had just watched it. Yeah, I haven't seen it in so long and I dumped all of this information already. <laughs> so. I've only ever seen the movie once because I didn't enjoy it very much. Um, even even knowing, even telling myself, because I can do this where I'm like, it's going to be different. I think you They're warned me. Mediums. I think you saw it before me and I think you warned me or or the other way around. I, one of us watched yeah. it before the other one and we warned each other. We were like, uh, it's not yeah. what you think it is. Yeah. And because it's like you could, we could pick apart every single thing like we're not gonna do that but the the big thing about the second half of the book that's different to me in the movie is that they try to take the hero arc and give it to Artemis Hmm. and it felt forced and heavy-handed yeah that drives me crazy I'm all for women who can do things oh yeah but like the girl power shoved down your throat like it doesn't un- feel earned doesn't yeah it doesn't make sense for the story where we had the girl who played her loved oh. her oh my gosh absolutely so, yeah she so was good. also in the sound of metal fantastic oh i want to watch that um yes i completely agree if they're going to do that which i mean like don't like if if you're gonna be so different in the movie anyways fine like change the change the hero arc but change it for the whole movie. Like it yeah. it didn't it didn't even fit in its own in its own canon. Like it didn't it didn't work. Yeah, it felt very strange to be following this one character 
basically we're following Wade. Wade is our protagonist. And then all of a sudden we're depending on somebody else. It just didn't translate for me. I am not opposed to Artemis having played a bigger part. Same. But it didn't work for me. Exactly. I just don't feel like it was... And I know there's so many people, I'm sure, all these executives who are like, well, we need to... The people want more... Oh, my God. I hate this term. Strong female characters. I just call them female character yes <laughs> yeah but like I, so I feel like that was kind of pushed so that might have been somebody else yeah really shoving for that yeah who knows but it could have been handled better I agree I think that that's what makes it so frustrating is because we just want to see more female characters and the people who are putting them out there don't understand we we just want more female characters we want that but all of these people who are producing this don't get the point and so they're like it's their version of this like you said strong female character okay maybe you'll be able to help me remember too in the book artemis is the badass she is so i don't know why we had to change her so much yeah in the book she finds and clears the second gate all, All by, by herself. herself. Surpassing Wade. Yeah, so she was, so the first gate, she was there first. She just couldn't beat that game because she was better at other games. And then she cleared that. And then she, yeah, she did. She went on to do the next gate by herself well in advance. It took Wade forever to figure out, like, or is it the third gate? I think Wade figures it out, goes to the second gate. She follows right behind him. And then the third gate He's stuck. He's in this mire of he doesn't know what end is up because she tells him she can't be distracted by their relationship. Yeah, actually, uh, quite a few people clear a gate before Wade. Yes. Because Wade gets distracted yes, by but his she, obsession with Artemis. Right, but she she tells him, we can't continue on. That You're distracting me from this lifelong goal that I have to make the world a better place. Yeah. Her yeah. her goal to win is more pure than Wade's. Oh, she yeah. like she has all of these amazing aspirations. And then she does. She goes on and she clears it and he can't figure it out. And so yeah. And it's mere chance that Wade ends up being the one at the end of the hunt, anyways, being the only one that comes back because of the yeah. coin. Yeah, because they're all there. They're all there together. Artemis and did just point, as much as him. They needed three people, found family, loops back exactly. around. So, yeah. yes, I don't, in the book I don't she is. what happens in the movie. It hits a certain point where the variant is so different that it doesn't even make sense to keep comparing the two. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I am going to do but here we are. where I'm going to keep comparing the two <laughs> is... That they changed H's avatar to a non-human. So the commentary on her presenting herself as a straight white male because it was easier is then erased. Yes. And that's like a whole commentary and of what life was like and how like she made this choice. 
And on top of that, the reveal that she is not only black, a woman, which is like a shock to Wade, a lesbian, a black lesbian woman. And it is such a vulnerable thing in the book. Oh. And H is so scared. I just got chills when you were talking about it because it is. She, she's terrified that he's she's, going to reject her. Yeah. And that's nothing in the I mean yeah I I like I like the um who play I can't remember her name I know I'm it. terrible I like the woman the... who plays H yes but I'll be honest whenever I read the book I imagined Gabrielle Cinebe yes yes <laughs> because she just has that very like uh, in that moment where like Wade finds out like yeah. meets her in person yeah she's so vulnerable yeah. which is so opposite to her avatar's confidence cocky to me yes and it's this beautiful juxtaposition, and it's very emotional. Yes. Like, super emotional on both sides. Yes. And it it brings back around that whole found family thing, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We love each other. Yeah. and And I think that that is my biggest frustration with the movie overall, if I had to pick – just like my biggest thing was how much they threw aside important topics like that. They forced the strong female character in quotes. They brushed aside so many important topics that I feel the book handled pretty well. Like being social outcast, like mental health, like race and sexual orientation and strong female characters in quotes and all of those things that compiled this ragtag group of people into this found family and they just made it nothing yeah and I know that a lot of people like had other gripes about the book because it was um it's just Wade all the time, and yeah, he does have some some issues. Like, he's not perfect, obviously. Which is, I think, um, a discussion about mental health and what is what largely happens to isolated nerds. And, and so it's like, of course, all of this is just our opinion, but I'm like, those are things that I felt, I agree, that they were like kind of glossed over in the movie Mm -hmm. and like uh, these big set pieces became more of what the movie was about were explosions and battles and that is a big part of the book a part that we love Mm -hmm. but like that is not why you keep rereading the book yeah um it's a factor but yeah coming back to those characters and how they find mm -hmm. each other from all over the world and form this unit right um another another thing which plays into the reason why i feel like the books an adult book the movie is a ya movie daito and shoto i think it mentions that they're part of the missing millions in the movie but they're they're not actually brothers they are found family and in Mm -hmm. the books Daito is murdered and that is like a big part of I feel like a big plot point where um like yes they come after Wade and they blow up 
the stacks and they kill hundreds of people because they're this, you know, money grubber um, corporation. But like they come to the apartment and they murder Shoto's brother. They're not together. Shoto and Daito don't live together. They're yeah. brothers in the game. And to them, that makes them brothers yes. in real life, Which, even though they're like, not together. I love that. And they, they, in the movie, Daito and Shoto have almost no story arc whatsoever. Which goes back to the irritation <laughs> about all of the things. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody needs to be told this, but... Steven Spielberg is a straight white man. (laughs) (gasps) What? Oh, but I mean, not to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. I like I always feel bad ripping on anything because not everything is for everybody. But as far as a a book to film adaptation, I feel like it, it was the pendulum swings too far. Yeah. Um, I'm like, maybe don't call I, it the same thing. That's what I always think. I'm like, can't we just like take the same structure and, but then it wouldn't have as much, it's money grubbing. It is. Then you wouldn't get that built in audience that had already spent so much money on the books. Instead, we want to bring them in. We want to take their money and then we want to spit in their face. Shatter their <laughs> dreams. We're oh. really dramatic about this, but, you know, I we know. feel strongly about it. So here we are. Pretty much. Um, but, I mean, I'm all for book-to-movie adaptations. I watch them all the time. Yeah. Yes, I wish there were more original screenplays being made. I'm trying to make a conscious effort to make sure I do that this year is watch those movies. I watched a lot of, like, the Oscar nominations, and I have really loved a lot of these movies that are original screenplays but the the corporate machine that is hollywood is always just going to be cranking out these big box office pieces with built-in fan fan bases yeah and i mean like we're gonna show up for it because we want to see our favorite characters on screen I mean, we do. That's just... Yeah. That's where we're at with that. Like I said, I mean, I tried to pick three different um, three different types of adaptation because it can be done well. It can be done even better. Yeah. And then it can be completely off base. Yeah. And it's really up to the individual watching it to... Decide. Determine yeah. what category that goes into for them. It's definitely all um, personal interpretation. These yeah. are just our opinions in case you guys didn't know. It is funny um, because when we planned this, we didn't know. But on such a uh, on such a subject and Shadow and Bone just came out, yeah. which we've both read all the books necessary and watched the entire show. And didn't talk about it. <laughs> I know. We could, I mean, obviously, we could talk about what's super popular right now. But I feel like everybody's talking about it. And I well, kind of wanted to like, talk about things that I, I haven't heard anybody talking about Umbrella Academy. Or, yeah. you know, I just thought it would be nice to talk about things that 
other people aren't well, talking about. I don't know. Yeah, and I do tend to like talking about things that are at least two years old to avoid some spoileries stuff because it's like yeah exactly yeah. like we always say like oh spoilers and i'm like well this movie came out like 15 years ago if you haven't seen it then oh well i'm that person i hate spoiling things for people because i hate being spoiled and i can't always i mean you know it's like i i'm a mom like i have I don't have as much time as some other people have for watching shows. And I mean, no judgment on any like parents out there that watch more shows than I do. It's just that my the way that my day prioritizes, I wind up trying to read more often than I watch shows, which means that I don't watch things nearly as quickly as a lot of people do. And so I realize that that's just the world I live in and I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying... I get to, I tend to be way more particular about not spoiling people and I go way overboard with it. (laughs) I feel like, well, especially most of the stuff that we've talked about, I'm like, it's more than five years old. If they haven't been spoiled already, then like they'll turn it off. Um, (laughs) I don't even know what year Fight Club came out. That's what I was thinking. It's been out for so long. Uh, I think it came out when I was in high school, so it's been a minute. It's, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, 1999. Ooh, ooh. Um, that is such a good movie. It is. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it again. I know. I was um, like, I should have watched that before. As soon as we started, I was like, I should have watched it before we did this. <laughs> I didn't prepare well. Yeah, well, you know. I feel like our energy started out really small at the beginning and it just got bigger and bigger as the as the podcast progressed today. I I don't know if you've noticed this, but that happens almost every episode because we start early enough that our coffee is still kicking in. So we're kind of here. And then as the show goes forward, then everything gets to start humming. And, you know, that caffeine hits your brain. We ended up spending, I think, the most time on why we didn't like Ready Player One. Well, it's it's kind of easier. It is. Well, that's what, it's easier to come up with things you don't like, which is sad and negative. And I mean, everybody, I mean, I could also come up with all sorts of things I do like, but nobody wants to hear that. Everybody (laughs) wants to hear the tea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And I I really hope that uh, Steven Spielberg never hears that. (laughs) Oh, man. I know that he's really into um, obscure (laughs) podcasts with less than five listeners. (laughs) And that's like his bread and butter. He spends his time really, really mining for those. Yes. So, I mean, I probably don't have long, but. He's coming for you. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But are you? Yes, I am. (laughs) I regret nothing. She's going to lean in. Um, yeah, that was a good chat. If you've seen these, let us know if you think that you agree with us or not. Um, what are your opinions about the the ones that we analyzed today? What are some examples of maybe some good, bad, indifferent, better, whatever you just opened up a whole can of worms. I'm just saying they could tell us the ones that they like and they don't like. There you go. We're always interested <laughs> to hear more 
just remember when people talk to you on Instagram, then it becomes your responsibility to answer all of our DMs. <laughs> You've already told me that. Stop asking questions. I was prepared. You already told me that's my job. <laughs> Carly is our, our she's our, our public relations. The face, the face that you talk to when you talk to the Act Break podcast is Carly's face. I'm the socializer. <laughs> that sounds like a, a bad action movie. <laughs> coming this summer the socializer she's making reservations and taking meals (laughs) oh this is Uh, horrible let's end let's end this cut that off done i'll see you next week okay bye bye thanks for listening to the act break podcast you can follow or subscribe on your podcast consumption program of choice It's probably Apple or Spotify, but if you really want to help us out, please tell your friends. And we'll be back next week. Talk to you then, internet friends.